Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets today. They got games Friday and Saturday. Games one and two of their series against the Manitoba Moose. Tickets on sale now, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. As we talked about before, you know, the season ticket, uh, season tickets that go along with that, uh, they all are obviously going to be there, but they need to fill Milwaukee Panther Arena for these playoff games. So get your tickets today, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Okay, so I, I want to continue to talk about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. We got a little bit sidetracked there on the big show. Packers and other stuff. Um, and I want to talk about this series. The series is evened up now at one apiece after the loss last night uh, in Boston. And we kind of brought this up a little bit uh, on the Wendy's Big Show, but never really dove into it um, all the way like I want to do now. And I really want to do this with you all uh, that are, you know, the diehard Bucks fans. Uh, I, I Because I think at some point this is going to end up becoming a national conversation. Uh, but for right now, I want to see where everybody's at. So we had the Chris Broussard thing on Giannis that we played earlier about it being the uh, Celtics having the crep night to, to slow down Giannis. And, you know, his third his three worst series from a shooting percentage standpoint was Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto, uh, the Bulls series back in 15 when he tackled Dunleavy, uh, and now this Boston series uh, is one of them as well. And... When we look at Game 3 and Game 4, and now there's going to be a Game 5 for sure uh, as well. That'll be next Wednesday. When we look at how this whole thing is playing out, and Giannis, you know, shooting, what, under 35% or 36%, somewhere in that range right now. Who is this series on now? I mean, we're one game apiece. Is this series on Bud? Is it on Boonholzer now? If this thing doesn't go right, is it on Bud? If this series does go right... Is it going to be because Bud makes the adjustments? Is this series on Giannis of having to be more efficient uh, and be a, a guy that looks like a superstar MVP type player? Now, I know he's not winning MVP this year. I'm, I'm well aware of that at this point. But he's still considered by some the best player on the planet, the best player in the NBA. And when you're shooting like 9 for 25 and so forth, it's hard to look at Giannis and go, oh, yeah. He's doing his job. In the first game of this series, when he had the triple-double, those were great numbers, but his shooting numbers were not good. 
And part of that was, was he was going to the rim and missing shots because they were being physical with him. Ended up on his butt out of bounds, uh, overrunning, whatever the case may be. Meanwhile, we have Coach Boonholzer, who always is the guy that gets the heat for not making adjustments in the game. We had Ryan McDonough on in the last hour uh, of the Wendy's Big Show, our Odyssey NBA insider, former Suns general manager. And I brought up to him about my idea as far as putting the ball in the post to Brook Lopez. If he gets going in the post and they can't handle him, they're going to have to double him. And once they double him, now you can kick back out to Grayson Allen. You can kick back out to your shooters. And now all the pressure falls off of Giannis and Drew Holiday having to run their head into a wall time and time again trying to get guys open shots. Now that that was that was just my suggestion, just a fan. I mean, I, I I'm no I'm no damn coach or player. So from that perspective, just a suggestion. So where do you think this series lies now? Is this series in the hands of Giannis, or do you think this series is in the hands of Bud? That Bud has to make the adjustments in order for them to win this series, or is it Giannis has to play like Giannis? in order for them to win this series. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us uh, at 1250am, the fan. All of those uh, obviously work uh, in order to get a hold of here at, at Sparky's Midday Madness. Coach Boonholzer uh, talked after the game uh, about what they have to do on the defensive end of the floor. Th- this is really good. Check this one out. They shot it, you know, really well, you know, so we got to look at everything, you know, they, they had some good clean looks. Um, we got to reduce those and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, the tough contested ones that's, uh, that, you know, a couple of them knocked down. Um, maybe they go the other way and the percentages kind of regress to the mean. Okay. So pretty much, hopefully they missed some of the shots they took. I don't think they're going to hit all those threes. They had 23s in this last game out of like 43 shots from three-point land. Like, I, I I don't believe that's going to happen. But this is where I struggle with Budenholzer. I struggle with the concept of, okay, well, we're going to have to contest them more. Dude, your teams don't contest and aren't even close half the time on guys shooting threes. Sometimes, maybe, one of every, what, three, maybe you have a close contest a uh, contested shot from a Bucks defender to a shooter of an opposing NBA team. I mean, anybody that's watched this team play for the last several years under Budenholzer as coach will tell you they're going to get wide open threes. And that is why yesterday on the big show, Gary Ellerson said, look, Sparky, you keep saying they're going to get them. If they knock them down, that's going to be a problem and they're probably going to lose. And what happened? They started knocking them down. Now, don't get me wrong. Jalen Brown had a couple incredible shots. Right? Fine. That's probably not going to happen. But at the same point, I mean, really, does anybody have faith that they're going to close out better on threes and there aren't going to be guys wide open all over the place? I have no faith in that. None whatsoever. So I'll answer the question first. I think this whole series is on Giannis, y'all. I think it's all on Giannis. Because without Chris Middleton... I don't really know how much Boonehoser can really do adjustment-wise to get them more offense. And that's really what this is going to come down to. They have to get more offense. They didn't shoot the ball all that well in the first game of this series. Nope. And they definitely didn't shoot the ball well in the second game of this series. So if they can't get going, similar to Boston from outside, if they're not going to be able to feel it that way, they're going to have a tough time scoring the basketball. Because I don't know who else you look to and consistently can go, okay, he's going to give us 15 to 20. Grayson Allen was that guy, but the Bulls' defense isn't the Celtics' defense. Not in the least. Not even close. So that is going to be an issue. Again, took Celtics in seven before this series started because of the Middleton thing. Giannis must play at an MVP level, I think, right now for this team to win. I don't know if Bud can make enough adjustments. So for me, it's on Giannis. If they lose this series and it's Giannis doing what Giannis has done so far as far as not making shots, this is going to fall on Giannis. This is not going to probably fall on Bud at the end of the day. What say you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan will take your calls and your tweets up next. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals.
All right, let's talk. Sparky's Midnight Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, who's broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Is this on Giannis, or do you think this is on Bud? Pretty nice and simple. AR gave you a third option on Twitter and asking if it's on somebody else. So I'll go to AR. AR, who else would this be on, do you think, besides Bud and Giannis if this series doesn't play out? I was thinking when I wrote that, that potentially it could be on the bench contributing consistently from game to game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Grayson Allen, you look at Pat Connaughton, who got dinged up in the last game, uh, and you look at Carter. Now, listen, I mean, we got to be realistic about this, y'all, right? Uh, Carter, you can't look at Carter and go, oh, yeah, he's got to give us 12 to 15. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. I think you look at him and you go, just play good defense, move the ball, uh, hit maybe a three a game, and we're good. Like I, I don't look at him and expect offense. Now, on the other hand, I look at Grayson Allen and I say, dude, you need to go get yours more. Like You got to figure out a way, how do you get those opportunities to get your shots? Whether that's you working with Giannis or Drew or whoever, you've got to figure out a way how to get yourself more involved in the game. Now, the problem is he doesn't get the ball. He only gets the ball if they give it to him. It's not like Giannis, who literally just brings up the ball and says, to hell with it, I'm just coming downhill and I'm going to run over whoever's in my way and I'm going to try and score. Drew coming down and going, okay, I'm not passing. I'm just going to force it all the way down and see if I can score. Grayson Allen is reliant on others to get him the ball in a situation to score the basketball, right? Brooke Lopez, same thing. Pat Connaughton, same thing. So the two main guys have to help these role players out kind of get going within the offense. If they don't, if they play a lot of one-on-one basketball, which is what we saw last night, it's going to make it very difficult for the bench to do their job. I also think when it comes to Grayson, I think fans need to tampen their expectations because let's all be honest, that Chicago series was crazy. We were, talk- we were talking about it for a reason because it was absolutely insane what he was doing against the Bulls. But AR, listen, if you go back and you look at the first month and a half of the season, we did this when Milton got hurt. He was averaging like 15, 16 points per game in the first month and a half of the season. Right, but you now knew, he's got to go against Boston. You knew he could score the basketball because he was doing it when they were resting Middleton and Holiday through stretches in the first part of the season. So he was getting his opportunity. Then that Chicago thing happens. Middleton goes down and they go, okay, dude. It's got to be you again. Let's go. And he stepped up and he was that guy. And you're right. Boston's defense is better. And that's why, to a certain degree, they are going to have to make some type of adjustments. Now, what Bud is going to do, I don't know. I only have the one suggestion, which is Brooke Lopez. But if Giannis is shooting 30-some percent from the field, I I, I don't think it's going to matter, y'all. I, I just don't. Like I, I think you're we're at the point now where you look at Giannis and you can call it unfair, call it whatever you want. You look at the honest and go, you got to get 35 to 40 every night. I mean, that, that's just where we're at now. You got to go get 35, 40 every night um, and continue to rebound the ball at a high level uh, and go play like an MVP to carry this team to, against Miami. Now, if Middleton is ready to go against Miami, that's still going to be a question mark because you still don't know how well Middleton is going to be. I mean, think about it. Anytime somebody comes off of a knee injury, there's always that time of, do I trust my knee or do I not trust my knee? Do I, can I cut that hard or is something going to go wrong? So there's that whole mental hurdle that Middleton would have to clear even if and when he comes back. It's not like baseball where if a player you know is hurt, oh, I'll send him down to AAA or AA, get two or three games, get his confidence back up and trust in whatever he's recovering from injury-wise, get him a couple of bats before I throw him back in against live pitching at the major league level, and then I'll bring him back up. Like You don't get this right now. This would be like a baseball injury happening in the playoffs. You have to come in and face Major League Pitching right off the bat because the minor league season is done by that point. That's what we're talking about here. And I, I'm i telling you, even if he comes back against Miami, I just don't know how much you can look at Chris Middleton and go, he's going to be the same Chris. Well, tell me this then. When it comes to the players we do have, especially when it, uh, on Saturday, because you mentioned on the big show that we're not necessarily calling it must-win game three, but it's about as close to feeling like that as possible given how this last game went down. I'm really hoping for all of the great things that we've said about him since he's returned from injury that Lopez has. I'm hoping double-double, 15-20. to 20. But again, we go back to what I said before. They have to get him the ball. 
Like, That's right. He doesn't control this, right? The ball's not in his hands. So he's relying on everybody else getting the ball. If you go back to the Lakers, Leroy's team, and Shaq and Kobe, that's what, to me, was part of the rift between those two. Because Shaq needed the ball from Kobe. And if Kobe went into ball hog mode and Kobe's like, I'm going to go get mine, there was nothing Shaq could do. Shaq could just sit there and be like, okay, guess he's going to take the next 10 shots in a row and I'm not going to touch the ball. And then those frustrations built. When you have guys that have to be set up to get the ball, that puts them in a position of relying on others, which sometimes can make that player feel helpless. But, okay, you have a voice, Brooke Lopez. You can communicate. You have to demand the ball. You go into a into a huddle at some point here and go, hey, give me the ball. Like, y'all are struggling, and that's fine. Let me go to work down inside and get some baskets. They can't stop me. Give me the ball a couple times down, and let's see if I can get us some baskets, some easy baskets within 5, 10 feet of the rim. Let me go to work and see what they can do. It serves two purposes, right? One, like I said before, if they draw the double, he kicks it out. That's one purpose. The other purpose is these same dudes that got to guard him, whether it be Williams or Horford or whoever they want to throw at him, he's going to beat them up. He's going to back him down. He's going to be throwing an elbow. He's going to get physical with them. They're going to have to defend him, which means now Brook Lopez is wearing down those guys. Now they got to worry about Brook backing them down, plus they got to worry about Giannis cutting to the lane on a pass from Brook Lopez. You get all of that stuff going. To me, Brook Lopez to say the elbow and letting him kind of be the, the, the distributor in this offense makes a lot of sense. He's a good passer, a real good passer. Bucks did it back in the day with Bogut. Like, it makes sense to kind of maybe make that adjustment going further with this offense. Now, again, I don't know what the Bucs are going to do. I don't know what the answer is. But at the end of the day, if Giannis doesn't play better, this is going to fall on him. Just is. Now, if Giannis throws up 40, you know, next two, three games, and his shooting percentage is back to over 50%, then it's going to be on Bud. If they lose this series, then it's going to go on Bud. But if... If Giannis doesn't play up to Giannis standards, which is a high, 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 high standard, uh, then it's going to be on Giannis. Andre, Northside, you're up next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Andre, what do you think? Who's this going to fall on here? Do you think if there's uh, heat on Bud or on Giannis if this thing doesn't get finished? Man, I don't know why Drew Holiday keeps slipping all this all this smoke. Yeah. He, he wasn't good yesterday. Nope. He was not good. He was not. And, Drew Holiday got to get 20-plus points plus his defense. He got to do it without Middleton. And, you know, as far as yesterday with Giannis, he started off not playing aggressive, and the first time he tried to drive, he got hammered, and they didn't call it, and that set the tone for the rest of the night. That They wasn't going to let him shoot free throws last night. They were determined not to, not to let him go to the line. And – it kind of threw him off a little bit. He was hesitating. He wasn't taking the shots he should have took. You know, so Giannis can't do it by himself, but Drew Holiday got to be better offensively. For me, it's not even – this is where I'm at. You tell me if you disagree. For me, those early turnovers that he gets in these playoff games are driving me nuts because it allows momentum – to switch to the other team in the beginning of these games. And then if they can't stop that momentum, they find themselves in a hole that they got to climb out of. Like, he just has got to control his turnovers in beginning of games. It's killing him. Middleton was doing the same thing when he was in there against Chicago. Yeah, Drew, um, I don't know, I feel like every other game, man, the dude get butterfingers. Yes. Like, he could not hold the ball last night. And then, this is one more thing I want to say, and I'll let you go. Every time the Bucks. Got that lead to about 17-16. There was a stoppage in play and some bogus review of a, of a common foul. I mean, they must have reviewed like five or six calls in that second half. Man, I mean, the second half, was there was no, no ability to get a flow going. Giannis started to get going in that second half, but I'm telling you, th- those refs, man, was on something crazy last night. But it's, I don't like complaining about the rest, but they, they was on something crazy. But Andre, the way they just stopped play every time. It was a questionable, you know. Yeah, there was a million reviews. There was a million reviews in the game. I, I agree. And that that's that's part of it, but it's the playoffs, right? So you want them to get things right. I mean, isn't that the goal? 
Yeah, but I, I see that they got them wrong. <laughs> I mean, they, they did. They, they, they looked at the review for 10 minutes and got it wrong. So. Yeah, if you're not going to get it right, then it doesn't really matter at the right. end of the day. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for the call. Guy. Appreciate it. You know, this is the thing. If you're going to allow them, them being NBA players in the playoffs, because I'm seeing the same thing in Golden State Memphis, if you're going to allow them to beat the hell out of one of another, if that's that's going to be okay, if Commissioner Silver is going to go, guys, let them play, that's going to be the mantra of the playoffs, which it's been so far. Fine. The problem is you're going to see more things happen like you saw with Brooks taking out Gary Payton Jr. What, what happened there, right? Fracturing his elbow, going up aggressive at him, going up to the rim. You're going to see more of this stuff. Guys having blood running down their face because you're letting them play like it's the 80s or 90s, and they're going to get more aggressive. So if you're going to allow them to get away with more, they're going to get more aggressive of what they're going to do. And if they get more aggressive with what they're going to do, you're going to have more replays then when guys cross that line because now they're going to toe the line and play as physical as you let them. Now you're going to have more of these flagrant one and flagrant twos flying around in the playoffs and more of these reviews to see if this needs to be an ejection or what should happen because the refs have let it get to this point. As a fan, I like the physical play, like all about it. I love watching it. As a player, I'm guessing they probably don't like it. That would be my guess, but I don't know for sure. I would imagine they don't like it because guys are going to get beat up, like significantly beat up, and you're going to see more and more of these injuries of guys taking hard falls, getting popped in the face, going up or getting back down and so forth because these guys aren't blowing the whistle. And they're just letting them play it out. So you're going to get more of these reviews, and these games are going to get stretched out. You know, normally in an NBA game, you're done about 2.15. That game went beyond that. That game took forever last night. And as a Bucks fan, it was torturous. Torturous last night. Because you knew you weren't going to win. I mean, heck, you knew you weren't going to win by... Giannis makes his run in the third by about... Three minutes in the fourth, you knew it was over. You knew it was done. Could have just turned off the TV and went to bed or turned off the radio and did whatever you wanted to do at work or whatever the case may be if you were working late last night. And no reason. But as Bucks fans, we all enjoyed misery, so we watched the whole thing. But it took forever for that game to get done. And these are the consequences that come with letting them play physical. Who's this more on? Is this more on Giannis or is this more on Bud? That's what I want to know. Or is it maybe going to be on the bench, do you think, at the end of the day? Like AR pointed out earlier, 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, The Fan. Brandon tweets at Sparky Radio. I agree, Sparky. Uh, Giannis started game two off horribly. Maybe the worst start I can remember from GA. He has to respond better. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I think it's definitely going to be on Giannis. And we talked about it earlier on the show as far as nationally, how is this thing going to play out? And I said, it's going to be on Giannis. And and Gary said, well, it's probably going to be on Bud locally more so. And I agree. I think a majority of people won't blame Giannis uh, if they lose this thing because he's Giannis. We love Giannis. Giannis can do no wrong in most people's eyes. And we're going to support our superstar, which they did it with Allen Iverson in Philadelphia. They did with Kobe in L.A. Like, they're... This is what you do when you have superstars. You support them no matter what. No matter what another fan base says, you block him out. Whatever, you're wrong. He's my guy. He's the best. Fine. I get it. But realistically, I mean, right now through two games, he's got to play better. Simple as that. Uh, the Boogeyman tweets at Sparky Radio. It always falls on the superstar. It's absolutely going to be on Giannis. Fair or not. But honestly, it should be on Drew to get the team in sets when he does the Bucks are unbeatable. That's the boogeyman tweeting at Sparky Radio. Maybe the other person, AR, is going to be Drew Holiday. Maybe it's not going to be the bench. Maybe Drew Holiday is going to be the one that's going to catch the majority of the heat on this thing if it doesn't go right. I don't know necessarily what is fair to expect from Drew Holiday. I mean, is it fair to expect from Drew Holiday that he gives you 20 to 25 a night? Is it fair to expect from Drew Holiday that he gets you six to eight assists a night? Is it fair to Drew Holiday to expect that he doesn't turn over the ball 
uh, a ton in games. Right there. Is that all? Are those fair expectations, or am I overstepping my expectations for Drew Holiday? Well, if you're a member of a big three, I think it's reasonable to assume that you aren't having JV basketball level kind of turnovers from time to time. Woo! One JV on poor Drew Holiday. They're really bad, and yeah, I don't think are. a lot of people would disagree. I agree. Yes, they are really bad. Scott tweets at Sparky Radio. Yeah, I definitely agree. Giannis has to be more efficient. But with that being said, they lost game two, but they did their job and sold game on the road. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I, I totally agree. They did their job, yes. Bucks have these games. We experienced it all last postseason. I assume they'll come out strong uh, game three. I said this earlier. I'm going to say it again. I think, and if I'm wrong, it's going to be a huge red flag. Just telling you. Not that I'm wrong because I'm wrong a lot, but the red flag to me is going to, if Giannis doesn't come out and throw up at least 35, 40 points on Saturday, I'm going to be blown away. Like, shocked. He finishes almost every time. When you doubt this dude and you don't think this dude can do something, this dude always shuts people up. Last year in the playoffs, he can't hit free throws. He can't hit free throws. And we're counting down. We're doing all this nonsense. What happens? Dude throws up 50 points. He missed, what, one free throw? He was like 16 to 17 in that last game against the Suns. Went to the line, shut everybody up. Y'all don't think I can hit free throws? Watch this. Boom, there it goes. Now through two games, people's talking about his shooting percentages. I promise you, he's aware and understands. People are talking about his first half last night. He knew how bad he was in the first half. That's when he went crazy in the third quarter. Again, going back to Bud, could Bud have done something to get that going sooner? Don't know. I don't know what yet. Maybe Giannis saw some some film at, at halftime. They were showing what kind of what was happening, and he made the adjustment, and that's what changed things. Not quite sure. But that Giannis that was there in the third quarter, I think will be there for four quarters on Saturday. If that does not happen, then I think we all should be very concerned. If we get out of that game on Saturday, and we're talking about Giannis again, being like 9 of 25 or 8 of 23 or something like that, then we got problems. Then we can start talking about maybe they do have kryptonite for Giannis. Then maybe we have serious issues. I, Folks, I'm telling you, like I don't know if you can win this series without Middleton, without Giannis playing at a high level. Jalen Brown probably won't do that maybe more than one time the rest of the series. Fine. Jason Tatum's going to have a game or two here. He's going to have a game or two where he's going to throw up 35. He may throw up 40 in one of these games. He's going to have those games. That's why, to me, it's so critical that Giannis do it game in and game out. You don't have a Middleton that can give you 30. You don't have him. Whether you like Middleton or you don't like Middleton, he's the second best player on this basketball team, and that is going to be a problem because they can't score. And part of that is the Celtics defense, for sure. No no question. They get credit. The other part of it is they don't got enough guys that can create their own shots, which was the thing that Eric Name of The Athletic brought up in a piece after he went down. After Milton went down, after game two against the Bulls, he wrote this long piece saying, who replaces Milton with the ability to get their own shot? Who's going to be that guy? And then turns out they didn't need that guy. Because the Bulls didn't protect the perimeter, and we got going crazy from the outside, so it didn't matter. This series, right now, based on what we saw last night, if this continues with this Boston defense, it's going to matter uh, in a big, big way. All right, coming up next, uh, Leo Chanel uh, got introduced uh, by the Kansas to the Kansas City Chiefs fans um, after getting drafted, uh, and got Chiefs fans all fired up. Uh, and that brought up T.J. Watt's name to my brain. I want to discuss that. Coming up next here, Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparty's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. I was just talking to AR in the break. AR's having some doggy issues. He just adopted a dog yesterday. Uh, we talked about it on Madness, talked about it on Big Show. And it's what is it called, a red healer? A red healer, but, yeah. Um, and and what, what happened today? Well, so dogs nipping. So you might have noticed there was a period in the final hour of the big show that you were on your phone. I was on my phone for at least a segment and almost kind of carrying into another segment. Okay. So these dogs, and I kind of knew this once I, because we didn't really know what the breed was, because at the Humane Society, I guess they don't do like breed identification anymore. For most breeds, if you have like a lab or, you know, a pug or something like that, it's pretty obvious what the dog breed is. But for ours, we didn't really 100% know what the breed was. We just had a good one-on-one, or Dovey did. I wasn't a part of that, but that's another story. While you were at work. Exactly. Right. So the dog breed is a red healer. Now, I was telling you in the break, a red healer is a ACD, or Australian cattle dog. What does that mean? So these dogs are usually in their natural habitat out in fields of grass herding giant cows into, you know, pens and what have you. So this dog requires hours and hours and hours of exercise. And now Dovey, to her credit, this morning I woke up, took it for a very nice walk before I went uh, to my other job. She took it for a nice walk a little bit later in the morning, had it down for a nap. And then almost immediately once it gets up, Bam, there's that energy level again. Got to go back out for another walk. And it went right after her, and it's And these are herders. They're nipping dogs, and it got her right on the arm. So now I'm going to come home, and I was telling you that as soon as I get home, it's no, oh, got to get some stuff done, got to do the dishes, do the laundry. Nope. It's going to be an hour-long walk taking my dog all over just north of downtown Milwaukee. <laughs> now, I'm going off on my little spiel. Oh, my God. But uh... I understand that it's the first day. This we yeah, I knew this but you're gonna not going to change the dog. No, of course not. Like even I'm going to have to change myself much? a little bit. Yes, like this dog is going to require some work. Exactly. And I'm, you know what? I will say this. Be good exercise. I have been slacking in that department. I have said it before on air. I used to do competitive powerlifting. You'd never know that looking at me now. <laughs> no. You'd never know that now. Okay, that's so, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of walks, and I'll tell you what, my legs are going to be looking. Fine. In about a year or two. Are you wearing earbuds on or the earbuds on the walk and the whole deal listening to music or do you not listen to anything? Yeah, I like to be aware of my surroundings. And with a dog this much energy, it's probably a good idea to be focused on what I'm doing. Has that dog encountered another dog yet? Oh, yeah. On a we walk? Our peop, uh, people who live below us Uh-oh. in our complex have a pug. And yeah, they interacted a bit. No real problems. Like all of it was play. Like, you know, they were running around the yard nipping at each other a little bit, but it was all play. I mean, all three of us have owned dogs before, and there was nothing that was like, oh, that we got to get them separated. It was all fine. Well, that's good at least. And the neighborhood we live in has a lot of dogs. River West is very known for having quite a few dog owners, so it's going to be a daily interaction thing for sure. Yeah, if you own one of these dogs, you can tweet at Adam Roberts, MKE, maybe give him some help on what all he has to uh, encounter here uh, going and, forward. And for the record, also, those of you who own dogs... I don't want any of these, well, why did you get a red healer and live in an apartment? I am aware of this. You do not need to remind me. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you could have gotten, like, you gotten a Yorkie like Sparky. Adam oh, you could have gotten this and uh, gotten that. Yeah. Oh, why did you do this? Oh, you own a Corgi. Well, it's totally different. I am aware. Yeah, it's fine. Adam Can you tell fired. I didn't get a lot of sleep last yeah, night? You are fired I, up about this I told dog you the right other now. day, you've never seen me like angry, no, angry. angry. Yeah. Now, my one more tour for my garden, that's another story. But. Right. Yeah, Yeah, be interesting. Well, I can't wait. We'll hear more of these dog stories, I'm sure, going forward. Uh, Leo Chanel, former Badger, got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Third round, 
the linebacker, and uh, he got to meet uh, the KC faithful, the fans, and check this out. Leo, what do you bring to the table for the kingdom? Violence and physicality, man. That's it. I am addicted to hitting people. I love it. I can't get enough. So... Obviously, he now becomes a Chiefs legend at this point uh, when he says violence and physicality. He's addicted to hitting people. So I went on Twitter and I saw this and I was like, huh, well, this is interesting. I said, so I went on Twitter and I tweeted out earlier today. um, I think it was today. Maybe it was last night. uh, As far as, okay, you know, you think the Packers are going to regret this, uh, not taking Leo Chanel versus not taking... TJ Watt, like, do you think this is going to be a thing that they're going to regret going forward? Because we all know so many of you will not let the TJ Watt thing go. They trade back. They don't take TJ Watt. uh, And everybody brings it up to this day that they screwed that whole thing up, right? So I I understand that um, a lot of you won't let it go. So I tweeted it out. It was this morning at like 930. I tweeted it out. Um, Scott tweets at Sparky Radio. Next, TJ, we will regret not drafting him. Uh, Jason said he's not fast enough. Love him, though. No regrets at all, says Jason tweeting at Sparky Radio. If you want to get in, we're running out of time here before Rami gets in here. But you can, 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Uh, Carl, uh, who... From the south side, you hear him from time to time. Uh, well, the Packers regret not taking Leo instead of Quay. And just has a uh, goofy uh, picture, Jif, uh, uh, on there uh, that he tweeted. Uh, Jay tweets at Sparky Radio, not when he's chasing his first wide open tight end. So I feel like a lot of y'all are okay with this because he's not as athletic as T.J. Watt, that he's not going to get over the after the quarterback necessarily like T.J. Watt does. Matt tweets at Sparky Radio, we have Campbell and Quay. I think we're going to be okay. Josh tweets at Sparky Radio, I loved him. I think he'll be just fine. For the people that don't like him, his numbers were better than Micah Parsons and everything except the 40. Would have loved to have him, but it is what it is. I didn't realize the Micah Parsons thing. Now, again, the foot speed thing, we know, obviously, is going to be a thing, and that's what makes Quay Walker as good as what Quay Walker is probably going to be for the Packers, and that's what makes Micah Parsons as good as what he was with the Dallas Cowboys uh, last year. But I wasn't aware that Chanel's numbers were better than Micah Parsons and everything but the 40. That's a that's a really good stat uh, from Josh, who tweets at Sparky Radio. Uh, let's see. Salvador uh, tweets at Sparky Radio, why don't the Packers just draft every Badger would make all the homers happy out there? Uh, Nick's 840 tweets back. TJ Watt looks pretty good right now. Not a CFA tweets back at that same dude says, and how many rings does James White have? Listen, Wisconsin is not the University of Alabama. Wisconsin is not Georgia, right? Not all those schools. So to say draft all Wisconsin guys, I'm not quite sure how that works out. If you want to say, hey, man, there's a highly regarded offensive lineman from Wisconsin, take him. I'm in. I'm good. If you want to say, hey, man, if there's a a highly regarded uh, Wisconsin pass rusher, take him. Okay? There's proof these work. These guys work. Okay. I'm in. I'm with you. After that, after those two positions, I don't know about the rest. I don't know. Back in the day, I was good with wide receivers. Because there was a lineage every year, somebody else would get drafted. Chris Chambers, Donald Hayes, uh, Nick Toon, uh, who else am I missing? Touchdown Tony Simmons. Like you had a bunch of guys going in the NFL that were wide receivers at Wisconsin. So you had a run of guys that played in the NFL and and did some fairly okay things. Now, I mean, Danny Davis is on the Packers practice squad. Not exactly the same thing. Doug and Racine, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's going on, Doug? Hey, I just was telling Adam that I fostered three blue healers. Oh. When they were pops. So what's the difference between a blue healer and a red healer, Doug? Probably the color. (laughs) That's it? Yeah. I think so. Like like there's there's red German shepherds, there's brown German shepherds. I think it's just the, the, you know, the mane. 
But the blue healers, I, I, you know, I don't know. I've never heard of a red healer, but I fostered three blue healers, and we put them in the yard and when they were young, and they just ran and ran and ran and ran and ran, and then they get tired out. But they got they got uh, adopted super quick because they were blue healers. But I was just gonna say something about the the bucks. I know you're off the bucks already. Well, so. you're on the radio now, so go ahead, Doug. You know, I was just going to say I'm in the Dunn Club because after that guy from uh, the East Coast broke it down, how we're never going to win again, I don't know how, you know, I got really depressed. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and again, that's – that's and, and, you know, you can't you can't break it down after one game. Are you kidding me? Well, no, you know? I, I, I think two games uh, is an indicator, but I think last night's game was an outlier at this point. Thanks for the call. I think that's the difference is that game – was kind of a um, – I don't know if it's true. I guess we'll find out. You know, they come to Milwaukee on Saturday, hit 23s, and Jalen Brown looks like Michael Jordan again. Okay, fine. Then maybe it's real. I don't think it is, but that's part of it. The bigger issue is Giannis through two games. You know, shooting uh, not a good percent. Mike the Painter, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up? Hey, Sparky. See, with T.J. Watt, we needed to replace Clay Matthews. He was – getting along in the tooth, and it would have been a nice replacement for Clay Matthews. Leo Chanel, I don't think he fits our linebacker that we needed at the time. So I'm I'm fine with the linebackers that we took, but yes, I will never get over taking, you know, the corner king over P.J. Watt. Never get over it. Ever. Ever. Kevin King was a starter. Yeah, but not that great of a starter. T.J. Watt's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably. And, right. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right about that. Thanks for the call. The other difference in all of this, too, uh, between Watt and Chanel is you did take Quay Walker. You took a linebacker uh, in the first round. You, know, you didn't take a pass rusher instead of T.J. Watt in that draft. You went corner and middle linebacker, uh, and obviously it didn't work out at the end of the day. So we'll see. We shall see. All right, Robbie Makhlouf comes up next on Sparky's Midday Madness. We'll find out what's coming up on his show at 3 o'clock. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Playoffs Friday, Saturday, Manitoba Moose. Best of five series. First two games at Panther Arena. Get your tickets now at Milwaukee Panthers uh, not Milwaukee Panthers, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. I can, I'll figure it out. Uh, Rami Makhlouf is here with the Rami Show. He's in a good mood. Our boss is here, so he's smiling and happy. It's the uh, sun, man. The, the, you were complaining the about that yesterday. The sun finally came out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I read today we had one. You read today. Yeah, good. One sunny day in the last 43 days. Really? I thought it was, thought it was my imagination. I, th- I was like, we, it feels like we've had one or two sunny I guess- days. I didn't realize it. Had or one notice. sunny day in the last forty-three days. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I never noticed it. Well, what are they counting as a sunny day? Because I've definitely seen the sun more than once the last month. See, that's what I think. I so mean, are like they talking about like if they're partly cloudy days, those don't count. I mean, like a, I think they mean like a clear sunny day, like we have today, like just blue skies. Uh, okay, so one very good. You can get weather information if you listen to Rami. It's wild, isn't it? Uh, as well. It is. It is wild. What do you got coming up on your show? Coming up on the show today, Steve. Obviously, we're going to talk about that Bucks game last night. Did did uh. Did we get a little carried away after game one? Who got, on who got carried away? Were you saying I mean, sweep on the air like Alex Lazary on Twitter? I, I shaved a game off. I was saying Bucks and six. I saw game one, and then I was like mm-hmm. Bucks and five. Been saying Boston and seven, so I, I didn't overreact one way or the other, I Wait, guess. Wait, you got Boston? Boston and seven. we talked about this. You're picking Boston to win this series? Boston and seven was, was what I said before the series, yeah. What, what? What? Yep. Sure did. Who are you? Who are you? No Chris Middleton. I mean, I... Again, I mean, we can have all the nonsense talk of, oh, they're better without Chris Middleton. I never said that. Garbage. I've never said that. Boston's defense is good, number one. Number two. It ain't this good. When we talk about this, listen, I, I don't disagree. This is, what I, this is what I'll say, and I've been saying it. I don't think Jalen Brown's going to do that again. And if he does, he may do it one more time. He's not doing it three more times. The problem is Tatum's going to get his a couple games, too. Like Jason Tatum's going to have one or two games here where he's going to get 35 or 40 probably. So can you overcome that? And before yeah. you got here on Madness, I was asking, who's this going to fall on here if they don't finish this thing? It's going to be on Bud for not making adjustments in the series without Middleton? Or is this going to be on Giannis for shooting under 
uh, in in the series because that's going to be a thing. That ain't going to keep up. It well, God knows. I, I think Saturday he goes out and goes crazy. 35, 40 points, something like that. Put goes a fifty piece. On go, go okay, goes off. Sweet and sour sauce, but no napkins. But make a mess of. If that does not happen, mm-hmm. then we got red flags. If he doesn't come out and put it on him, then I'm going to have there's going to be a lot of red flags for me because I expect MVP Giannis to show up with all of his mighty powers and take over that game on Saturday with a crowd going nuts. If they lose one in Milwaukee, I might start to panic. Um, no, I don't think I necessarily think Milwaukee's going to win both, but I think Milwaukee has to win the first one. They have to get Saturday. You cannot allow Can't them go down to ha- you cannot have them have two games in a row momentum. And then you're Monday. Then you are in a must-win situation to try and get that thing split heading back to Boston. Yeah. You can't go back to Boston 3-1. That's why I think this whole thing it comes down to Giannis. He just does. He's got to play an MVP level. Without Middleton, what he did last game is not going to work. Six points and a half? No, that, when, that's when, not going to work. When he's the best player in the game, the Bucks win. When he's the best player on the floor, the Bucks win. He wasn't last night. Jalen Brown was the best player on the floor, sure. on the floor last night. When yes. he's the best player, and even in game one where they contained him, he was still the best player on the floor. When Giannis is the best player on the floor, they will win games, and I, I, I can't see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum continuing to have games like they did last night and outshining Giannis, but, and yeah. I can't see them continuing to contain Giannis the way that they have. But the other problem in all of this is going to be the lack of touches for Grayson Allen, the lack of touches for Brooke Lopez. I mean, these guys have got to be more involved in this offense. They just do. Sure. One way or the other. We can talk about that. And that that has to be something that changes. And that's Giannis, that's Bud, that's whoever. And then Drew Holiday comes up. AR brought him up earlier having JV-like turnovers. You just can't. There was some ugliness last You night. can't start a game turning over the ball like he does. And Middleton was part of this in Chicago, too, when this mm-hmm. all went down. You can't put yourself in a hole, especially when you're on the road, and to get that, let that crowd get into it and feed the beast. If it happens at home, okay, fine. But on the road, you can't have that happen, Sparky, man. They did that in game one. They Correct. did the same thing yes, in game one. Yes, exact same thing. And, yes. and managed to survive it. Correct. They, they can't keep doing that. No. But I think we've seen the last of that. The Bucks always wake up game three. Well, that's I, when the Bucks wake up in these series. I hope you're right. So I don't see we'll I don't think we'll see that type of sloppiness again. So we can take calls, 414-799-1250. Line up right now if you want to talk about last night's Bucks game. Also 345, Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast. He was on the ground at the draft in Vegas. I'll ask him why. Yes, he was. Why you would go and do that. And uh, we'll talk about the draft. You're still as on well. that? Why you do that? <laughs> yeah. You were on this last week when you found out he was there. I, I told you, maybe he was there trying to get a gig with an NFL team. Well, that makes sense. I just, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around people going halfway across the country to sit a mile away from a stage where Roger Goodell is going to go up to a podium and say names, and then, and that's the whole show. That's that's the show. Oh, at the if NFL I was draft. if I was single, I'd, I'd done it in a no heartbeat. Way. There are so it's many Vegas? things I would do instead. I promise you, if I was single, me and Tim would have went. I could, but guarantee you, Tim Allen and I would have been there had I been single. Uh, Guaranteed. There's just no way. We would have been on a plane. Any reason for Tim to go to Vegas, Tim's in. So if I would have said, Tim, I'll go to the draft, you'd be like, all right, cool, I'll come. Let's go. He went with me to the World Series of Bowling Star. I mean, it is a trip to Vegas. It's Vegas, uh, man. I, I get that. I just the, the attending the NFL draft is something I can't wrap my head around. I've never been able to wrap my head around it, Sparky. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not It's not a show. It's not, it's not an entertainment it was there. They had music bumping. They had well, girls we'll, we'll everywhere. That Herman. was a show. We're also going to talk about the actual draft itself and what the Packers did. He did. He did an eight-minute breakdown today of uh, Quay Walker. He had some Quay Walker highlights. Tape. I saw yeah. it last night, early this morning. He was doing individual highlights. So he's got, that dude is fast. He's got the dish. He's got the dish on Quay Walker and the rest of the draft class. Four o'clock, Sparky. I don't know how much stock we're putting in this Brewers hot streak. We'll do some draft mockery at four forty-five. And uh, pick a lane at 5 o'clock and much, much more throughout the afternoon. Did you see uh, that website, 538, right? That's the name of the website? Mm-hmm. Uh, put out their odds for Major League Baseball today. what they say? Brewers, third best chance to win a World Series. Third best really? in all of Behind the baseball. Dodgers and who? Uh, who is the other one? The Giants? Uh, I don't remember who the other one. Dodgers was one of them. Okay. I don't remember who the other one was. But, yeah, B- 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 uh, Brewers, third best Wow. Uh, to win the thing. Wow. Well, it's hard to argue. I mean, these last three games, they've all had double-digit strikeouts, dude. I mean, Willie Thomas, I don't know, did you hear Willie Thomas after the game last night? Yeah, I read his quotes. I didn't hear Oh, him. yeah, it's right here. Check this out. 
it's boring. I think I think I told you <laughs> told you guys last year. You know, they they strike out everybody. So I only had one ground ball today, and yeah. it was the last out. Yeah. So you know, but it's it's always you know good to see that show that they always put on. You know, it's 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 a it's amazing to see you know what like how they execute everything and how they handle their work. You know, and and obviously you know we we want ground balls, but. They want strikeouts, so you know we don't. We, I don't. I don't like me personally. I don't care. You know, I just enjoy the show, and you know, I ride with them. You think they still need a bat with Urias coming back already? You know, was able to come in and contribute in that lineup last night. Yeah, I still don't trust this lineup. I'm with you. Right. I think they need a bat too. I just don't know where does the bat play. I mean, if Urias comes back and hits 30 bombs, like everybody seems to think he can do, if he comes back and does that, now that helps the middle of that lineup out. So if you say, okay, we need a bat. Where's he going? I mean, Rowdy Tellus has done his job at first base. McCutcheon has done his job in the DH role. Uh, Lorenzo Kane's old, so maybe you can move him for something. I don't know. Uh, Yelich, not touching him. We I all know this. I think you can this. do better at DH. I think you can do better at first base. I think you can maybe do better at third base. With, I like Luis Arias, but I think you can maybe do better there. There, there are spots you can upgrade. Yeah, that that's going to be the thing. And, and Stearns has said in the past, and he's on that Brewers Unfiltered podcast, uh, Brewers.com this week with uh, Adam McKelvey and Tim Dillard. Uh, and, you know, he looks at June 1st and says, that's when I kind of look and see where we're at. Until June 1st, I just trust the process of what we put together uh, and assume it's all going to work out. Remember in the beginning, they were asking about walks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not concerned about walks. Mm-hmm. This pitching staff's going to be fine. Not worried about it at all. And now... You look at that, and for the most part, they have been fine. I mean, walks really haven't been that big of an issue like everybody thought it was going to be out of the first couple games of the season. So you have a better idea as far as what Stearns is looking for come June 1st. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know if I'll th- trust this lineup unless Christian Yelich finds this for me. I think there's a better chance they go get a bullpen arm this year than it is a bat. Maybe both. Maybe. Maybe both. See Sparky Fiverr. He is Rami Makhlouf. He's coming up next. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.